Your Working Life, a podcast show that provides you with tools, inspiration, and resources so you can enjoy your career and love your life. I'm Caroline Dowd Higgins, and I'm a career and leadership coach. And on today's show, I welcome my special guest, Rocky Romanella. Rocky spent 36 years working at UPS in various roles, and today we're going to chat about being a true leader and helping individuals and companies succeed. Rocky, welcome to the show. Well, Caroline, thank you very much for having me. I look forward to talking with you and your audience. You know, I am so impressed that you spent 36 years working at UPS because that kind of loyalty is just unheard of, and you've worked in a variety of roles. So, Give me some scoop. What did you learn as a leader from working in one company for such a good long period of time? Well, I think the first thing is is that you as an individual and the company you're working for or with, you really need to match up your core values. And and so I always say, you know, at 36 years at UPS and then I retired from UPS and ended up taking on a role as a CEO of a telecom, small telecom company. I always tell people, you don't agree with everything that happens. I didn't disagree enough to leave at UPS. And I think that's the key. You're, you know, things aren't always going to be perfect for you throughout a career. But if your goals and your integrity and your values, they line up with the organization you're in, even though you may not agree with everything, you just don't disagree enough to leave. And I think that's really the key. You know, it's fascinating because when we look at the the lifespan of UPS, change is the norm, right? Am I correct in that 25 acquisitions? I mean, that's that's extraordinary, but it, it's it's really the way things happen these days. Well, I think that's really true. And I think if, you know, not only at UPS, if you take a step back and think about companies in general, the first hundred years doesn't guarantee you the second hundred years. And for example, we could talk about two companies that, you know, uh, probably today's generation, you know, don't know much about, but, you know, our generation certainly does. And that's Woolworths and Sears. I mean, two great companies with two great brands that almost on their uh, 100-year anniversaries, both of them, Sears uh, no longer had a Sears catalog and Woolworths no longer had a five and dime store. And when asked, both said, well, nobody really needs catalogs and or buys on catalogs and nobody wants a five and dime. I'd, I'd offer this question. Can you find another Dollar Tree or under under five stores someplace? I mean, it's not that there wasn't a need for a five and dime store. It's they lost their way. And, and if you think about Sears saying nobody needs a catalog, I mean, isn't Amazon today right. the online version of a catalog? And so if you think about it, to your question, the first hundred years doesn't guarantee your second hundred years. So it's your ability to evolve and change And as Wayne Gretzky always said, to go where the puck's going, not to where the puck's been. (laughs) That's brilliant. You know, you are an incredible leader yourself, and and now you coach and train other leaders. So what makes a strong leader, and and what makes a strong leader get effective results? Because, you know, Rocky, everybody's talking about leadership, but your message is slightly different. Well, I think it starts with the theory and the the understanding that it's not about you. Yeah. Yeah. And I think oftentimes that's what ends up happening in leadership, whether you're that frontline supervisor or manager managing your first group of individuals uh, to the CEO of a company. It's not about you. It's about your people. It's about your organization. It's that it's about that bridge you you build to the future and giving them the opportunity to feel like they're part of the solution. You know, sometimes we we give our people the sense that they're not part of the solution; they're part of the problem. It's it's clearly the opposite. I mean, no matter how much technology there is today in today's world. It's wonderful, but it still takes an individual to perform a task. It's that UPS driver that delivers the package. It's great technology inside UPS and major organizations today, but it still takes an individual to do it. So it's your ability 
to touch those people in your care. And I never use the word supervision. I believe it's the people in your care. To give people a chance to understand what role they play and, and how they fit into it, uh, into the organization, I think is so important. So it's not about you as the leader, I think is, is, is the first major step in leadership. You know, that warms my heart because I think the word supervision is just so antiquated. You know, we're dealing with people that are extraordinary professionals at all levels. And I believe leadership is a mindset. It's not a title or a rank or a salary. And what I love about your message is you're empowering people to do their very best work. And it is a selfless leader that takes that time to groom and develop others. So cheers to you. Well, thank you. And that, you know, really when I wrote the book, it really, really started out with that thought process. I believe that, you know, leadership is something that we all have concerns about. And, you know, leadership is not a concept that is reserved for or only applies to certain people, whether you're in government or business or civic organizations. And I really think leadership is that ability to mentor, direct, help, coach, counsel, Oh, those are all parts of uh, of really leadership. And if you think about it, what better leaders are – to me, teachers are some of the greatest leaders, right? I mean all of us, when you ask that question, you know, who's that teacher that touched you? We all can stop, tilt our head, and think of that individual who kind of changed our path or changed our life with the way they touched us in fifth grade or fourth grade or whatever grade that was. And so – you know what what a great acknowledgement of leadership is you know teachers and and parents and and all those individuals i think we get hung up with titles you know i've had some great titles i've been fortunate but the best title, uh, Carolyn, I, I carry today, and that's Grandpa. That's the, that's the greatest title I carry right now, and I love it. So I think that it's not about a title. It's not about a position. It's about your ability to touch individuals and to give them – You know, I, I say in the book all the time, it's your ability to believe in your people until they're ready to believe in themselves. Love that. Speaking of which, your book is called Tighten the Lug Nuts, The Principles yes. of Balanced Leadership. Love that. And a fabulous color if I do a cover, well, thank you. if I do say so. So what about balanced leadership? Is there such a thing? You know, we talk about work-life balance as the, the unicorn. Is it really something we can strive to achieve? Well, I think balance is so important in everything you do in life. And okay. I think that extremes are very difficult for people that you work with and manage and coach and counsel, as well as in your own personal life, you know, that extreme. Just swinging side to side is never good. And I think that balance is so important. And so when, in business, for example, I talk about the three key constituents that are so important in the decision-making process and in, in your ability and in your ability to lead effectively. And, I, and those three key, key constituents are your customers, your people, and your stakeholders. And, and I always say that if it, as you're making decisions, if you're thinking like a customer, feeling like a valued individual, and acting like an owner, you really make much better decisions. And I think sometimes what happens is we get all excited about a decision we're going to make. A quick example would be, you know, we're going to put bring a new product to the market. You know, we do all kind of research on the product and what the product's going to look like, and you know, what what are the needs of our customers and what role is it going to serve, and all those wonderful things of pricing and how we're going to market it. And then there's always the CFO sitting there banging on his calculator, hey, we can make this work, we can make a lot of money, this is a great product. We sometimes lose sight of our people. They've got to execute it. They've, they need to understand why we're going to market with this product, why this product's important for our portfolio, and what role are they going to play in not only executing the product, but in the, in the event there's a service disconnect, you know, how do they help you know, solve that disconnect and, and actually take a bad situation and make a good situation with our customers? So that balance is important. And so in that decision-making process, 
I always, uh, I'm very keen to make sure that, and I always try to train and talk to our people about, make sure all three three key constituents are represented. And that gives you great balance in your decision process. So you write in the book, Rocky, about doing the right thing when it's hard to do. And I'm in full agreement. It's easier to be a leader when things are running smoothly. But in times of change, that's what tests great leaders. So what do all the leaders listening need to remember when a company is going through change? Well, there's three important things that you need to know about yourself as well as what you need to know about your company. And so when it comes to yourself, it's who you are what you stand for, and what you won't compromise. And you need to clearly understand that and take that inventory of yourself as a leader. And certainly when it comes to a company, you know who you are, what you stand for, what you won't compromise for as a company. And if you think about it, you're going to get tested. You're going to get tested on those three things. And it could be, you know, in, in the area of safety, for example, you know, we've got this product, we're going to go to market, this is who we are, this is what we stand for. And, and everybody talks about the same thing. We talk about service, we talk about treating our people with dignity and respect. If, if for example, in this, if it's safety, you really need to understand what you won't compromise. And, and it could be, you know, you're getting pressure from a customer to execute on this uh, product or on this service. But one of the rules is, hey, we're not going to do this if in the event of this, you know, weather or these, you know, different criteria. And now you're getting pressure from the customer to go do, you got to get this done. We got a deadline. Now the question is, what do you compromise? Do you look the other way? Do you say, well, look, you know, we don't climb a tower when it's 40 miles an hour, but it's 42. Maybe we should climb a tower. Well, mm-hmm. no. We, so you're going to get comprom- You're going to get tested on what you won't compromise. And so you clearly need to understand that about who you are, what you stand for, and what you won't compromise. Because the minute you compromise that, you've lost your credibility and you can never go back and get that back. Once that, you know, once sort of they say the cat's out of the bag, you're never going to go back and put it back in. The genie's out of the bottle, you know. So I, that's so important. And I think the second big piece, if I could, I think a major, major, major mistake that leaders make is you're not allowed to silently sanction bad behavior. Mm. And that happens sometimes because, you know, I, you know, my wife always laughs all the time because if we're out someplace, we're on vacation and I see a UPS driver and he's not, and you, he might be slightly out of uniform. She looks at me like, you're not going to go talk to him, are you? <laughs> yes, I'm not allowed to sanction bad behavior. Hey, how you doing? Nice to meet you. Hey, I'm Rocky. Hey, I just retired from UPS. Yeah, 36. Yeah, yeah, we go through that all small talk and finally, hey, you know, you're out of uniform. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it's a little hot out. I got it, but can you please get back in uniform? Well, and and the point is, is it's those little things like that, that, you know, if you see an unsafe act, you know, a driver without a seatbelt on or a person without their seatbelt on, you know, sometimes you don't want to be the person that's always pointing out bad things. Well, unfortunately, that's your role and responsibility as a leader. You're not allowed to silently sanction bad behavior because now you've established that precedent. And now that's what they think good looks like. And the minute there comes a, a, a conflict, they look at you and say, well, Rocky saw me with no seatbelt on. He didn't say anything. I guess it wasn't a problem. So leaders are leaders have to unfortunately be the ones that you know stick stand up for what's right, and unfortunately, it, it sometimes it means you have to point out these things that you know you otherwise you want to be the happy hey nice job keep up the good work person. Unfortunately, that's not always the uh, the easy way to do it. 
Rocky, I love that advice because the silent sanctioning happens so much and we've got to be those accountability masters and, and, and role model good behavior. So thank you for that. That was really inspirational. And I'm just going to watch my UPS driver the next time I see him or her. <laughs> and well, they do a great job. And channel my inner Rocky. No, I'm teasing. Yeah, but you're right. Yeah. You're absolutely right. You know, again, from the book, I love that something that you practice as a manager was understanding the jobs everyone in the company did. And, you know, days and years ago, decades ago, we would see leaders go through training programs so they really understood what everybody did in the company. If it was a manufacturing company, they were on the line for so many months to really understand what made the company tick. We don't see that as much anymore. A lot of people skyrocket right to the executive suite, and I think they're missing what's happening in the trenches. What's your take? Well, I think that that is true. However, that still doesn't, you know, uh, you you can still take that approach as a leader. So, you know, well, for example, when we purchased mailboxes, et cetera, so at, at UPS and then rebranded to the UPS store, uh, I had that responsibility of the franchisor reported directly to me. And so even though I, you know, did not start like I did at UPS as a part-timer unloading packages and working as I was a driver for UPS and worked my way up, when that opportunity presented itself to me, we went and spent a day inside a UPS store and worked behind the counter. Right. So, you know, when I retired from UPS and took on the role as the CEO of this telecom company, I went out and spent the day. I didn't climb the tower because I wasn't certified, but went and spent the day out on the job site, went to a climbing school to understand, you know, what are the rules and regulations to climb and how do you climb? So you can still take that opportunity to get out there and try to understand the job at, at that frontline level. And I think that shows just such great respect for your people that you're willing to take the time to do that. So to your point, maybe in today's world where, where you know, people are so much more prepared and, and they're, they're maybe starting in middle level management where I started as a part-timer on load and trailers, you can still take the time to want to learn that job and get out there. Go spend a day with a driver. You know, brown up, as we used to say, and get out there and spend a day delivering packages with a driver. There's nothing wrong with that. You can do that if you would want to do that. I, you know, I talk about in the book that I could never be the undercover boss. Not that there's anything wrong with the show and it's, I have no uh, criticism of, of the folks that have been on it. I would never want to be on it, though, because it would break my heart that nobody would know me. Yeah, yeah, I hear you. You know what I mean? It's just the thought of, wow, you're the undercover boss. I mean, I would think, wow. I mean, I know it's impossible for everybody to know you personally, especially in large organizations. But the fact that they think that they know you because you walk around the building, you say hello to people, you're approachable. They believe that they know you probably more than they really do. But it's that feeling they get. That's what I think. You know, I always say that I would like to be the you know, cheers. Everybody knows your name. There you go. There you go. So Rocky, I love that you said one of your greatest roles right now is being a grandfather. And I believe that these leadership tips are really um, relevant to those in leadership roles, but also beyond out in the world. Tell me your thoughts about that. Oh, absolutely. You being a good person is is the beginning and the foundation of it, doing the right thing because it's the right thing to do. And I agree with you. People who would, who would say, well, are you talking about me at work or are you talking about me at home? No, you're me. <laughs> yes. I mean, your core values are your core values. Do you, do you treat people with dignity or respect? You know, do, are, are you, you know, are you a thoughtful leader? You know, when, for me, that's the greatest adjective you could use to describe Rocky Romanella or a leader. You know, as you're, if you're starting out in leadership or you're a leader today and you're wondering, you know, you know how am I viewed by my people? That's an adjective that I love 
And that's the word thoughtful. That doesn't mean that you give away the store. It doesn't mean that you're bleeding heart liberal. No, what it means is that you're thoughtful. You think through things. You care about people. You care about the consequences of the decisions that you make. And people read that in your actions and the way you uh, interact with them and the way you discuss things with them. So you're a thoughtful person and a thoughtful leader. And that thoughtfulness transcends. It goes past just your business life it's in your personal life as well do you you know are you that you know, are you that neighbor that people want to be a neighbor with well rocky romanella you are a thoughtful leader and i am so delighted that you could join me on your working life today you are the author of tighten the lug nuts the principles of balanced leadership tell us how we can buy the book well thank you for asking uh, you certainly can go on our website at www.the number 3 and the word 60, S-I-X-T-U-I, managementservices.com. And the book can be purchased there. And, of course, it's online at uh, Amazon and uh, Barnes and & Noble. So, and you can we follow us on Facebook. And we got some pretty neat stuff. Uh, we're just really getting into the social media side. So Facebook and Twitter uh, and LinkedIn and those, and those there. I think uh, my sister just told me we're on Pinterest. That's pretty neat. Well done. Well done. Yes. Rocky, thank you so much. I wish you continued success, and I hope our paths cross again. I would love that. Thank you very much. Be well. And if you like listening to the show, subscribe on iTunes or SoundCloud. And even better, leave us a review and let us know what career-related questions you have so we can address them on a future show. You can tweet me at Higgins or send me an email at caroline at carolinedowdhiggins.com. I'm Caroline Dowd Higgins. Thanks for listening. Oh,